This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, April 21st, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. A lot of spring games happening across the country, and we're going to dive into one of those. The USC Trojans, the first one under Lincoln Riley, and the importance that this weekend is going to be and and how pivotal it's going to be for that program as recruits flock their way over to LA, to the Coliseum, to check out the Trojans and that new look team under Lincoln Riley. We're going to have Chris Trevino. He covers USC football, USC recruiting, everything Trojans, also a co-host of the Composite Two-Star Recruits podcast over at uscfootball.com. But before we get there, let's take a look at what's trending. A new number one in the 24-7 sports composite team recruiting rankings. Notre Dame has taken the top spot after landing Braylon James, a four-star wide receiver. That gives the Irish eight four-star prospects so far in the 2023 recruiting cycle. And one five-star prospect. James is a very versatile, athletic, and dynamic pass catcher. Gives them a lot of athleticism at that pass catcher position. And don't forget that Notre Dame is considered to be the heavy favorite right now for five-star quarterback Dante Moore. So the Irish certainly trending up and trying to lock in that number one spot as that chase for the recruiting championship continues on the 24-7 sports composite. And speaking of five-stars, the initial crystal ball just went in for five-star tight end. The number one prospect at that position, Deuce Robinson out of Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, Arizona. And that pick went for the USC Trojans. And, and what better time now to bring in Chris? Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing good, Blair. Thanks for having me on. We were joking before that, you know, this is my second appearance on this on this podcast, but this is my first time with you. So it's a little bit different. I'm, I'm stepping in with the big guy. No shade thrown at our producer, Lance Glenn, who no shade, is listening no as he edits this right now and, and kind of pumping his fists up in the air. Not because the Yankees are losing, but because we just threw a little shade on him here on the podcast. No shade at all. It was a great experience. And I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Well, he's your East Coast brethren. So, I mean, yeah, I think you should be that. a little, you should be a little nicer to him. I think again, no uh, shade. I was just, <laughs> I was just saying, you know, it's, it's a different kind of a re- arena right now. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm excited to have you uh, here on the show. And and obviously you and I have been bumping into each other for several years now, not only on the recruiting trail, but at practices and at college football games and, and everything here in, in the Los Angeles area. A big weekend for USC coming up, uh, the spring game for Lincoln Riley. It's going to give recruits that first opportunity to look to see what this team looks like. And among that visitor list, we're going to get into it a little bit later, a bit more in depth. But I think the headlining name as we head into the weekend is five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. He is right now, in my opinion, leaning towards the Trojans. And I put in that crystal ball prediction for, for USC to ultimately land Deuce Robinson. 
our board hairstyle really appreciated that crystal ball. It, it gave them a lot to talk about because Deuce is a guy. <laughs> did, I mean, did they appreciate it after the Josh Connerly crystal ball fiasco? You know, it was a little interesting to go into the peristyle, the, the message board over at uh, uscfootball.com. Look, the best way to get over a five-star crystal ball not going their way is just to get a new crystal ball for a five-star prospect. I think that's the best medicine for that. Uh, I know it'll take some time to get over the crystal balls, but I, I do know that a lot of them were excited to see that crystal ball go in because Deuce is a is a player that is mentioned all the time on the board when it comes to the 2023 class in terms of that skill position. And Deuce is a guy that they could absolutely absolutely use in their in their quest to you know compete for a top five national class or number one overall, which some people think they can do if you know all the all the skilled players that they want, you know some of the big offensive linemen that they're that they're recruiting. But Deuce is obviously in that discussion, and just the tight end position, which is sort of not a position that has been talked about a lot for this 2023 class for USC. It's a position of need given, you know, sort of the injuries that they've had at that position and sort of the depletion that they've had, you know, losing Michael Trigg. Malcolm Epps is is an older player. He, this will be his final season. Josh Follow, you know, he's battled some injuries. This will be his final season. You know, they need some guys to bring in. Maybe they can do that in the transfer portal, but Deuce is obviously number one on that board. You know, you got a guy like Walker Lyons out of NorCal, also a big target for them. But, you know, Deuce would be the number one guy on on the top of many Trojans wish list for this class just because of the pass catching class 2023 is shaping up to be with already Zachariah Branch, the number one receiver in the 24-7 sports rankings. And then Makai Lemon, you know, the number one rated athlete, ability to play on both sides of the ball, but mainly looking at him as a wide receiver. You know, they're they have some crystal balls for Brandon Innes, the five-star receiver out of Florida. So just this collection of pass catchers could be a special, special group. And Deuce would obviously go into building that to make this maybe one of the best classes, pass catching classes that's been talked about for a while. Just the way Lincoln uses the tight end, Robinson fits in perfectly for what he's trying to do. Yeah, I think back to a player like Grant Calcaterra, who was doing a lot of big things uh, before he ran into some concussion issues at, at Oklahoma. And I think Deuce would be a perfect complement to what they want to do offensively, right? With some of the shiftier, smaller pass catchers that can do stuff in space and get the ball out wide, right? I'm thinking Relique Brown in the future. I'm thinking Zachariah Branch. I'm thinking yep. Kai Lemon or even a, a guy like Michael Jackson, who has shown some some dynamic qualities. Uh, and, and I would go out and say USC is still in the picture and still in the mix for Brandon Innes, the five-star receiver from the state of Florida, who was previously committed to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. And Deuce would be that big target up the middle, up the seam, that big body, that athletic pass catcher that can open things up even further if you start throwing the ball up the middle of the seam, right? Up the middle of the field, you start yeah. opening up the, the wide areas. And even if you start taking away the wide areas, then you have a capable player like Deuce Robinson up the middle who could really be a, a big part of that offense. I right now I, I like Georgia as well. Um, that's why my my confidence level is still medium for USC. But ultimately, I, I think he likes what that program wants to do offensively. Has that longstanding connection with Lincoln Riley, who was recruiting Deuce Robinson very very hard when he was at Oklahoma. Made a multi day visit out to Norman last summer, and the other dimension of it here Chris is the baseball aspect, right? Like he mm -hmm. likes both sports. I think he equally, and, and I think he wants to play both sports at the next level. Uh, there's been some buzz about him being a major league baseball draft prospect. There 
has been comparisons uh, to him in terms of his frame uh, of being kind of an Aaron Judge type. You know, knock on wood, Lance Glenn, uh, but hopefully he can turn <laughs> things around here for for that Yankees offense. But I think that's the other aspect of it that is really intriguing because USC baseball is, appears to be a bit on an upward trajectory, even though they are dead last right now in the Pac-12 standings. It, it did sh- seem like they showed a little bit of life uh, earlier in the season. He made it out to games at Alabama and at Georgia recently when he took unofficial visits to check out spring practices and, and ch- checked out a couple baseball games while he was in town. What's the what's the atmosphere like at Dado Field? Uh, and what do you expect this week? And when they host Utah, because I would expect Deuce Robinson to be able to go out and check out a baseball game as well. Yeah, I feel like at this point, you need to even bring Shotgun in, our friend Shotgun Spratling, who covers USC baseball and, you know, still writes for us at uscfootball.com. Even though he is back on the, he is on the East Coast right now. Uh, we miss you, Shotgun, but, you know, big baseball guy. But, you know, he's kind of talked to me about baseball and kind of, you know, that is a program that's sort of, Going under changes, you know, they brought in a new head coach uh, a few seasons ago, still trying to find that footing, you know, get that culture in, get that system down for what for what they want to do. And, you know, it'd be really easy to kind of bring in a guy like Robinson and kind of sell him on, you know, being a future foundation piece for the baseball program and be like, hey, we know you're going to do great things in football, but you can also do some great things here on the baseball diamond, you know, be a centerpiece, help us build back USC baseball into what USC baseball used to be, you know, a national, a national program, multi, you know, college world series wins, you know, all, all that stuff. Everyone knows the history there. If you're a baseball fan, a college baseball fan. So, you know, I think that'd be easy to sell dues coming in here and be like, Hey, come be a cornerstone for this team, help us rebuild, get us back into the national prominence. And, you know, we can hear, we can hear games. Uh, sometimes over when we're, we're at practice or we're hanging out uh, around Heritage Hall in that area. So it seems like it's, it, it's got good vibes over there. You know, I, I know Shotgun's been over there a couple of times since he's been back. So I think I think they're going to put on a good show for him. You know, I, I like hanging out at that stadium when I can stop by. It's, it's a beautiful. Uh, so I think he's going to have a good time this weekend. Yeah, a lot of different factors in the works right now for five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. And like I mentioned, the first couple crystal ball predictions have gone in favor of the USC Trojans to keep that monster talent out West. We're going to take a short break, but after the break, we're going to discuss where the Trojans go after losing five-star offensive lineman Josh Connerly, the QB recruiting philosophy, as well as some names expected to make it to LA this weekend for the spring game. Right now, you're listening to 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Blair Angulo joined by Chris Trevino 
launched a, a new podcast recently, uh, the Composite Two Star Recruits. Tell us a little bit about that and and where people could can check you guys out. If I'm being honest, you and this podcast were a little bit of the inspiration because I know you you know had your your podcast you did with Brandon Huffman. Then it kind of morphed into this the National Recruiting Podcast and. I wanted to do my own podcast, you know, the Family Feud, which is the the, the podcast I did with uh, Keely Yor, who was hired away by the USC administration to be their content reporter, their team reporter, and then Shotgun, obviously, as I mentioned, moved to the East Coast, so I was left without a podcast. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to kind of fill that void, and I want to start a podcast with Gerard. Uh, Gerard doesn't do a lot of podcasts, and I just wanted to harness his recruiting acumen and his knowledge into a podcast. Um, so he's kind of like the sun in that regard. I have to harness the energy of the sun, even though one day the sun will explode and destroy us all. But for now, I wanted to put it in podcast form. So that's kind of the uh, the origin of that podcast. A little bit of inspiration by you and your recruiting podcast. Well, I appreciate that. And, and hopefully the sun doesn't burn out very quickly. And we got a lot to cover before that happens, hopefully. But I'm sure you guys will be able to cover a lot of the spring game stuff. So I want to make sure our listeners are in tune with that if they want to get a little bit more on, on USC football recruiting and, and what Lincoln Riley is doing there in LA. We touched on it, Chris, before the break, a little bit about USC knowing uh, its place nationally in terms of recruiting skill positions, right? They have three five stars right now in the 2023 class. The two the two playmakers, Zachariah Branch and Mikhail. Lemon, obviously five-star quarterback Malachi Nelson, getting a lot of the buzz right now for five-star tight end Deuce Robinson. But a position that they definitely need to up their game in is, is along the offensive line. Josh Connerly, getting him, getting that five-star, the number one offensive tackle in the 2022 class, would have done a lot to alleviate some of those issues that USC has bumped into on the recruiting trail. But where do they go from here? What do you see that new staff being able to accomplish along the offensive line? Yeah, obviously it's a it's a big L. It's a big L to hold, you know, especially losing him to, you know, a Pac-12 rival in Oregon up there in the Pac-12 North. It's it's a tough L to swallow and, you know, I would say probably the first L of the Lincoln Riley era, you know, obviously a lot of the crystal balls were in for Connerly, so it was a very big disappointment on that Friday. But right now they have to move on. You know, the 2022 class is officially over, uh, and now they have to hit that that transfer portal. I mean, that's the immediate focus right now. You know, Lincoln Riley has mentioned several times this spring that there will be double-digit additions between now and the first game when they kick off against Rice. So they're going to hit that portal hard in the next couple of weeks. There is going to be a lot of activity for USC. And offensive line is one of those huge needs. You know, there's other positions of need. There's running back, there's linebacker, there's edge rusher, but offensive line remains the big one. They do have a solid starting five right now. They got Bobby Haskins, the Virginia transfer over the winter. He did have foot surgery. So it's a little bit of a question mark there, but you know, all signs point to him being okay in the summer. That's a solid top six. But the real issue is kind of that depth. They don't necessarily need somebody that can come in and start right away. You know, that's the that's the best outcome is getting a guy who can compete for one of those starting right tackle job or starting right tackle job or one of the interior spots, specifically right guard, uh, because they have Andrew Voorhees manning that left guard spot. But 
right now they really just need some bodies to help fill out that second team unit. They have some walk-on guys playing on the second team offensive line, which is not a great sign. You know, they've been complimentary about the development for the second team unit, but they still need so much more depth. So I, I think they have to bring in at least two offensive linemen out of the portal. I think that's the big hit there. You know, one has got to be a tackle. One has to be an interior guy. They just need more depth on the interior. So I expect them to hit that portal really hard here in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, they also have to hit hard on that 2023 cycle. Even if they had gotten Connerly, 2023 was going to be a massive class for the offensive line. You know, we were thinking maybe five to six, um, I think at least four, but I, I think five is is a good number. If they had gotten Connerly, probably don't need that six, but it could. it's going to be a big class for them. Obviously, we had talked about me and Gerard, like if Connerly coming to USC would have affected the recruitment of Francis Maoyoga. I hope I said that correctly. The the big IMG offensive tackle um, out there in Florida who played at in San Bernardino for his freshman season. So he has ties to the area. They're in a good spot with him. We wondered if landing uh, a five-star offensive tackle like Connerly in 2022 would affect the recruitment of Francis in 2023. Overall, we didn't think it would impact that much. But now you don't. We don't have to. We don't even have to really discuss that because Connor is going to Oregon, so they got to go all in for Francis, who I would argue is their number one priority in the 2023 class. And you know they're also doing well for a guy like Lucas Simmons. You know the big Swede uh, who's also out in Florida. You know they're trending in the right direction with him. He had a really good unofficial visit. Probably going to get an official from him this summer. Um, another guy I like, Elijah Page out of Arizona from your neck of the woods, Blair. Um, you know six foot six, two ninety. A guy who's really started. Seems like his his stock is really rising. You know, he's picked up that Notre Dame offer. I know USC, as you reported, as as locked in an official with him. So that's a guy I really like. So yeah, they've got a lot of options in that 2023 cycle. Francis being the guy they really have to push hard for. Are you ready for a hot take? Yeah. I mean, I give a lot of hot takes on podcasts and live shows. So it only it it only feels right that you give me one on your show. You mentioned that Josh Connerly is the first L in the Lincoln Riley era. I would go and argue and say that the first L is allowing Jackson Dart to leave for Ole Miss. I think he's going to be a superstar in the SEC. And for me, that would qualify as the first true L for Lincoln Riley uh, once he arrived at USC. And speaking of quarterbacks, the recruiting philosophy at USC appears to have changed a bit. Speaking of multiple quarterbacks, multiple coaches on the recruiting trail, it, it does sound like Lincoln Riley only keeps dialogue with one guy in every class at a time, right? So he's not recruiting multiple 23s at the same time. He's not recruiting multiple 24s at the same time. There have been multiple 2024 and 2025 quarterbacks that have tried to meet with Lincoln Riley when he when they get on campus and he just won't do it. Do you feel like that's something that he can keep doing? Is that sustainable? Is that going to affect USC quarterback recruiting? I mean, what what's your, your thought process uh, on that philosophy? Yeah, me and Gerard kind of touched about this on our podcast last week because obviously the news that came out, you know, obviously you had changed your Dylan Rayola. Again, I hope I said that right. Your your crystal ball for him to Ohio State. And that got us talking about it because, you know, USC, I mean, Lincoln Riley does have this philosophy of only focusing on one quarterback. Like he says, you're my guy. You're my guy. I'm not going to talk to anybody else. He, you know, he's in a committed relationship with this, this, this quarterback that he's recruiting for whatever cycle. USC tried to do that. They try to mimic that in the the 2023 cycle with Malachi 
and only talk to Malachi. And that was the same thing Lincoln was doing when he was at Oklahoma, worked for Lincoln, did not work for USC. And they went and offered uh, Nico at Warren. And that kind of was a storyline for a couple of weeks. But USC has not had great success balancing quarterbacks outside of, you know, the Miller Moss, Jackson Dart uh, class. That was a rare win for them, getting those two in the same class. But I understand the the philosophy behind it, especially with a guy like Lincoln, who is, you know, regarded as a QB guru. He has, you know, these Heisman winners in his resume. And that makes it really, really easy to pull off this philosophy and saying, you're the guy I'm targeting. You know, I built Heisman winners with my system. I've I've coached Heisman winners at Oklahoma. I can do that for you. That's why I'm focusing on you. You know, that pitch, I haven't heard the pitch directly. I don't know what it, it entails, but I'm assuming it it centers it it centers around, you know, building an offense around this quarterback and you being the focus. So I get why that philosophy works. But also, as we've seen recently in the age of NIL, a lot of things go out the window when we're talking about, you know, recruiting like three years ago. You can't do that the same way. NIL has changed everything so much. Uh, Lincoln Riley has mentioned that. He mentioned that right after the Connerly L and how he thinks it's completely changed what they do and that it needs to be changed. He's all for players getting money, but not it being so involved in the recruiting aspect. He hopes there's change, but I think you can have that philosophy in a non-NIL environment because when the NIL and the money gets involved, it changes everything. And he's putting all his eggs in this one basket, but you know, you could easily trip and crack all your eggs. And it's interesting, especially with a 2024 class that is really stacked with the West Coast quarterbacks. You know, you have Julian Sand, who I'm a really big fan of, who has, you know, just shot up the rankings. You have Elijah Brown from modern day right up the street, who, you know, has been balling since he was a freshman. Dante Williams offered him when he was the interim during the last season. So he does technically have the offer, but we know it's not really valid at this point. And then Isaac Wilson, obviously at corner, uh, corner Canyon, or is it Canyon Corner? I always get them mixed up. I'm sorry, Blair. But it's Corner Canyon. Corner Canyon. So, you know, a pretty good 2024 West Coast class, but, you know, he's focused on Dylan and, you know, Ohio State seems to be trending right now. So it's going to be interesting what's going to move first, the the immovable object or the uh, the unstoppable force here with his philosophy, or is he have to move on? He's going to have to, to, to pivot to, you know, a Saiyan or kind of try to flip it. What did you think of my hot take? I do kind of agree with that because I also thought it was it was it was a tough loss to lose a guy like Jackson Dart. But I think I think fans, some fans were I wouldn't say upset, but they were sad to see Jackson go because they saw his talent. They saw what kind of player he could be and they were really excited about him last year, you know, despite it being, you know, a terrible four and eight season. But I think it wasn't considered a loss to a lot of them just because they were able to it felt like a trade-off. They were losing Jackson Dart, but they were able to get Caleb Williams. And I think that's a big reason why it's not viewed as an L for USC fans. But I do see your point. And it looks more of an L now just because USC only has two healthy scholarship quarterbacks with Miller Moss and Caleb. So, you know, I've, I've heard some people say, you know, you don't really need three quarterbacks for a season. Well, as a Maryland fan who saw a season go where we lost literally every quarterback on the roster and we're start and we're starting a linebacker at one point, you can never have too many scholarship quarterbacks because things get dicey in college football. So I still think they need to bring in somebody to kind of help fill out that room. Obviously, if Jackson here was here still, you know, that that wouldn't be an issue. Uh, but right now it is. So I I see what you're saying with that. I I will I will grant the premise that that wasn't 
that was an L. But I think for USC fans, just because they were able to get Caleb Williams, a guy who is you know, a potential Heisman winner, I don't think they saw it in that light. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I feel like they will be forever intertwined now. And I right. think we're going to be linking each of their performances and, and wondering what could have been if Jackson Dart does end up doing big things for Lane Kiffin, which which I personally expect him to do uh, some big things down in Oxford. Before we go, Chris, you mentioned Dylan Rayola, five-star quarterback, number one overall prospect in the 2024 class, trending towards Ohio State on the crystal ball. A lot of the buzz right now with the Buckeyes, he's taken two visits in a matter of weeks to Columbus, was just at the spring game last weekend will not be in Los Angeles for the USC spring game this weekend but who who will be there who do you expect to make it to to campus to to check out Lincoln Riley's first spring game yeah, we're still working on getting a full picture of who's going to be there, but we've already had some reach out to some people and had people and some people have already, you know, put out there that they're going to be there, but I'm really feeling like it's going to be a really impressive group just because this whole spring I've been at every spring practice every week Tuesday or and Thursday obviously can't see Saturday but Saturdays have been huge for bringing in recruits for those practices but even in the weekday practices you know USC and Lincoln Riley have been hustling getting these kids in and out to see practice you know there's days where they have giant groups of coaches and parents and kids coming out more so in the last two weeks, but it seems like every week they have somebody out there to check out USC, to take unofficial visits. So they've been relentlessly consistent in getting kids on campus this spring. So I expect a really big turnout, especially especially locally for a lot of the kids. But some of the guys that are that are we've confirmed that are going to going to be there are Quentin Joyner, you know the the new Texas uh, running back commit who committed on Tuesday. He is going to fly out. Uh, from Texas to be here. Uh, the top 247 safety, Braxton Myers. Steve Wolfong reported earlier this week that he is going to be in attendance. Uh, the big San Diego running back, Roderick Robinson. He's been on campus multiple times this spring. He's going to come out there to check out the game. Some Bosco prospects are going to be out there. Not all of them, but Marcellus Williams, the top 100 2024 cornerback. His brother, Max Williams, is starting nickel uh, for the defense right now. So no surprise that he's going to be there. DeAndre Carter, the 2024 modern day offensive lineman. He was there at practice on Tuesday. He told me he's going to be there at the spring game this Saturday. So just a lot of vari- variations of players, you know, cornerbacks, skilled players. Like you mentioned, Deuce Robinson's going to be there. So it's going to be a stacked group and we're still getting more names as they come in. But solidly right now is a really good foundation and I expect there to be a lot more local kids as well. Yeah, a working list uh, a list that's continuing to grow and and the more and more we head into Saturday spring game the, the more likely that that visitor list will be a bit more clear and, and confirmed. We're recording this midweek so uh, a lot to to kind of uh, have a lot of chance for, for things to change and, and to happen here between now and Saturday. Chris, thank you so much for, for joining us and, and remind our listeners where they can find you and, and your work. Yeah, you can check me out on uscfootball.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris and Trevino. And you can check out my podcast with me and Gerard Martinez, our senior recruiting analyst at uscfootball.com. It's called Composite Two-Star Recruits. It is under the Peristyle Podcast family of podcasts. So if you just look at that, you search that, you can get anywhere you get your uh, podcast, just look up Peristyle Podcast and you'll find us and you'll see Composite Two-Star Recruits. So give us a listen. Chris Trevino joins the podcast here with with really the the real deal myself as as the host <laughs> Lance Glenn I'm sorry but what why does it you know it doesn't matter anyway I think the sun's going to explode anyway so it you know everything's going to be moving. <laughs>
All right, so for Chris Trevino and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angelo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.